This is your Field Pass with DCI's Dan Potter. This is your Field Pass for Friday, August 3rd, 2018. The leader as we head into two days in Allentown is Santa Clara Vanguard, having notched consecutive weekend wins at the big regionals in San Antonio and Atlanta. Someone getting a good share of the credit for Vanguard's success this season is artistic director and drill writer Michael Gaines. We last spoke with the DCI Hall of Famer in 2017 when he was beginning his first year with Santa Clara. And I think this year we're seeing Michael's full influence on the product on the field so i thought we might spend a little time with him via skype and he is joining us from his home in san francisco hi michael hey dan how you doing i'm doing great when, when i say your home in san francisco I'm, I'm not talking about you know down in san bruno or pacifica or something you're right there in the heart of the city right within about a stone's throw of golden gate park yeah yeah i live downtown south market area you know, it's all about seven square miles anyway, so everything's close to everything. It is. San Francisco is a very compact city. You're right. How, how does living, you think, where you live influence your design, or does it? That's a good question. I, it, it does in certain ways where there's a lot of um, things to see, productions or musical or play or symphony or the, all those kind of things, which, are, you know, are, are the standard go-tos for, for inspiration. But I think also just living in a place that uh, I find to be beautiful in so many ways when it comes to nature and being able to get out in, in nice weather. I don't know. I think it helps the, the creative process just to be able to get outside in in crisp, cool air with sunshine sure. <laughs> as opposed to 110 degrees. Santa Clara is having an amazing season, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so far, everything. It's one of those uh, really magical years that are, are really uh, a rarity, you know, for anyone who, who's done it for a long time. You know, it's, it's just, uh, it's been thrilling to watch the performers really come into their own with the show. What do you think's caused the stars to align for the core this year? I would have to go back to the performers again for the most part. I mean, I do think that there's something special about the cast of, of this drum corps this year. You know, we certainly took it into consideration when we were talking about what kind of show to do and how to how the creative process would work. Just the they're powerful communicators. So, you know, having having that in our back pocket was motivating for sure. And then the other thing is I, I'm really lucky to get to work with so, so many talented people. You know, they say to uh, surround yourself with people who are better than you and they'll make you better. And uh, that's kind of how I feel. Oh, yeah, you do have quite the cast there with the Rennix and J.D. Shaw. I mean, it, it's, it, is, uh, it is one hell of a staff. It really is. It really is. And, and it was my, my first time last year working with those guys. And then this year, obviously, in a, in a slightly different capacity or largely different capacity also. Um, it was really, really fun getting to work with different people and have Having that different dynamic, you know, there's always that learning curve when you put different creative people together on the same team. Now, you know, in addition, I, there's also the visual coordinator, Andy Toth, who uh, I've worked with for a long time. You know, he, he's just so talented at being able to uh, bring the vision to life. Um, so, you know, having having those different players and then, of course, none of it, none of it is possible without the great administration that we have at, uh, at the Vanguard. I mean, that was one of the things that drew me to the Vanguard was just just their excitement about the long the long term. It was it's not about one year. It's about creating this this great culture at the Vanguard. The show is Babylon. Babylon's an ancient empire. The Bible says spoke one language until God scattered its people and they all began speaking in different tongues and could no longer unite because they couldn't understand each other. Is it fair to say that Santa Clara's interpretation of Babylon uses music and dance kind of as the 
universal language that brings people back together. Is is that what the show is in a nutshell about? Yes. In a nutshell, that's, that's exactly it. And, you know, we went round and round about diff- different concepts, different ideas, and we, we kept coming back to that idea. And it really just seems timely, just just finding those things that bring people together, you know, in, in, a, you know, in a world where a lot of things tear people apart. Music and movement are the, are the, the constants that can bring people together. You know, I've, I've been able to travel to different parts of, of the world doing what it is we all do and seeing kids from all different cultures and countries, continents, and they love doing exactly what we're doing. So, you know, that in itself was a great lesson, especially when I was younger. Like, everyone's the same. Everyone loves doing what we're doing. Let's let's create a show that, that brings people together. Much of the, the, the visual content of this show centers on some really amazing props. These are the rolling metal stages that, that, that nest one under the other, or they can be aligned to make multi-level ramps. Which came first, the show idea or the prop idea? Let me think here. Um, I think it was one of those where we kind of honed in on them at the same time. You know, we were talking about different ideas of the show. We didn't have the exact concept yet, but we were also talking about what kind of environment we wanted. Um, and I remember thinking that there was something great when we, when we matched the two ideas together with, with the, the Babylon idea and the idea of having almost like a, you know, in, in the ancient times, it was, you know, the tower. And right. we were like, well, what, if, what if it's a, what if it's a modern type thing? That's when we started thinking about a skyline or, or, uh, you know, a cityscape. And then we realized that the idea of the props we were talking about could also create that look of a cityscape and, and something that could be torn apart and rebuilt. And that's when it, you know, like I said, it's one of those magical things where, oh my God, that, that fits perfectly. I have watched the performers close up manipulating those stages. It's a complex process that they make look very, very easy. Could you tell us a little bit about the challenges of working with those? Sure. It's, it, it was really difficult to, to write and exponentially more difficult for the performers to, to uh, figure out. I mean, there, uh, a lot of it is obviously, you know, when you nest them, when I'm doing my part, I, have, I had to make sure that, you know, they were all facing because there's, there's one way where you can pull them all out and then there's three sides where you cannot. So there's that constant shift of, oh, which side is the open side and how can we make that work? And then the performers, you know, they had to know exactly how many people it takes to manipulate one. Of, there's four different sizes and how many people to unnest and nest, and then there's the ramps, and all of that kind of went into, and then you, then you had to go through the score and kind of figure out, okay, who's not playing here that can handle this responsibility, uh, and what section are they, and is that going to be, you know, obviously I'm not going to be able to use the bass drums here. Okay, well, let's try tubas. Can you do that with one hand while you're passing by this prop and move it that way? You know, it's, so it's those kind of things that, and, and the, the staff there and the performers work really hard to just give me a variety of ways that I could use. You know, I, I'd get a ton of videos of, okay, we could do it this way, or this many people can move this prop. We could probably do it three, but probably safer to do it with four, those kind of things. The court, and this is just my observation, the court spends a, a great deal of time in, in the front of the field, mostly in front of the back hashes. Why did you decide to keep the core in tight to the audience like that? Um, well, it wasn't a decision really based on geography on the field. You know, like, it was more conceptual, especially it's at the beginning of the show, is the tightest that it is. Um, you know, and I, most of that is obviously conceptual with starting with the tower and then letting it break apart little by little, but wanted to keep it really kind of frenetic, especially and, and dense towards the beginning, like you would be within a city. Um, but it's never really a conscious choice for me to say, Oh, I haven't been on the 20 yard line back hash. Let's do that. Kind of, you know, it's, it's, you know, like when you look at a painting, if something is 
looks really great, you'll say, oh, if only they had put a little bit of that red up in that top corner. Right. You know, it's, 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 that's kind of the way I look at it. Almost more of a stage than a field. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it certainly wanted to make it more of a stage production feel to the entire show. Sure. And, especially, and, at, and at the beginning, you know, obviously wanted it dense and kind of that everything's being pulled apart. No one can understand each other type thing. And you'll notice as the show progresses, things kind of calm down a little bit and start to relax as it, before it all gets back, pulled back in to be rebuilt again. But, uh, yeah, not, not really. The idea of field coverage isn't really something that comes into play, at least, you know, when we, when we design our program. And it's kind of a, you know, it's, you, you can talk about environmental challenges that, that happen throughout. You know, field coverage is a, as a value, I guess, um, or a competitive value is a little bit antiquated. Um, I think it's more of the environmental challenges that the performers, because all the, all the drum corps these days have so many different unique environmental challenges with what they're doing. And so the idea that, oh, if, if they were, you know, on the 20 yard line, that would somehow make what they're doing have more value. To me, it's a little antiquated. At the uh, end of this show, I'm going to let our listeners hear just a magnificent two-and-a-half-minute clip from Vanguard's San Antonio performance, audio that I just heard for the first time today, and it really, the way it's it's mic'd and, and mixed, it really highlights the musical layering and the shaping that's happening during the ballad, My Body's a Cage. And Michael, it's also the two minutes that contain the one millisecond that I've, I've heard some people say steals the show. It's that Santa Clara horns up that is so perfectly timed and executed that it just drips with GE as it sets up the power chords that come next. It's a move that's come to be simply known as hashtag the snap. Given all the thought, given all the creativity that's gone into Babylon, does it bug you at all that all anyone <laughs> seems to be talking about is a horns up? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, Yes, it does. <laughs> but in a, jo- in, a, in, a, in a joking way, uh, Matt Hartwell, the, the visual manager, and I have been going back all summer because I did at one point, I was like, really? The, the, this whole show that, you know, I, I stressed and went into therapy for and that, you know, we all worked so hard putting our heads together to figure out the show. And then everyone's talking about the horns up, which I have to give credit, KK Sullivan on our on our visual staff put it in. And, uh, you know, Matt had sent me a video of it to make sure it was okay. And I looked at it two seconds in. I was like, yeah, that's fine. They got to play, put their horns up. And uh, yeah, so it's fun. It's funny. And Matt, Matt gives me a hard time uh, about it because I, I likened it to, you know, Jan Brady saying, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I'm kind of a, a horn snap, horn snap, horn snap, but of course, keep down the side. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it, it's a hype. And I have heard people say that, uh, musically at least, that that may be the finest two, two and a half minutes of uh, drum corps, maybe this season, maybe the last 10 years. It is just that whole ballad, uh, My Body is a Cage, is just fantastic and is so well played. Well, yeah, it's, it's certainly one of my favorites. It's just, it's a haunting melody and, and what JD and Paul were able to do with that and their, their staff. And then just the, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's really powerful. Again, I have, to, I have to go back to the performers again. They, they're the ones who are really just communicating that. And I don't know, I, I've obviously seen and heard it a lot and I still get chills at that moment. As I said at the top, Vanguard is currently sitting uh, atop the leaderboard, but nothing's a given at this point. You have Blue Devils just a few ticks off of SCV's pace, Blue Coats within striking distance too. As artistic director, uh, what's your role in the big push to the end and making the run for the title? What are you going to be doing the next week? Well, we have um, constant communication, uh, you know, whether it's conference calls, depending who is on tour and who's not on tour. And and we've had a plan from the beginning that, you know, with, with the people 
people I work with, we like to stick to for the most part. So we're kind of staying on target and sticking with that plan and just trying to really find those moments that, you know, if this moment is a 10 and this moment is a seven, does that seven need to be a 10? And what can we do about that? Or is it okay that that's a seven because we're going on to this 11, you know? So we're, we're just going through the show and making sure that we're really maxing out and giving the performers every opportunity to succeed in the next couple of weeks. Because, you know, bottom line, we want them to have a magical performance and the audience to have a magical experience. Will you get a chance to work with them in person before the 11th? Yeah, yeah. I go in uh, to DCI Tuesday is right before that. Yeah. And then possibly this, possibly this coming weekend, too. They're in my hometown of Dayton this weekend. Cool. Well, Michael, we will uh, we'll see you in Indianapolis, if, if not before. And thank you so much for spending some time with us. There's a lot of love for Santa Clara's show this year and a lot of curiosity about the, the thought that went into it. So thanks for sharing with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Dan. Santa Clara Vanguard Artistic Director Michael Gaines. It, it just so happens that Vanguard and its two closest competitors, Blue Devils and Blue Coats, are all three in tonight's first half of the DCI Eastern Classic in Allentown. Don't miss either night of action from Drum Corps' most historic venue. If you can't be in Allentown with us, watch it all on flowmarching.com. After Allentown, the field pass is headed to the Tour of Champions stop at Drums Along the Waterfront in Buffalo, and then it's off to the Open Class World Championships in Michigan City before heading to Indy for all of next week's festivities. Eight more days until this fleeting season goes from live to recorded. You don't want to miss it live. Come on, come to Indy. I know you want to. Maybe this will convince you. As promised, here's two and a half minutes of Santa Clara's Ballad. Listen to this and see if it doesn't move you to make some last-minute plans to be with us in Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm Dan Potter. Will I see you at the stadium? 